Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. It is our two year anniversary. We are here because of you. I'm so very thankful and appreciative of all of the support we continue to receive so that the platform of truth can be echoed in the chambers of a dark society. We try to bring a little light. We got a special show today, two part. First, I got my big homie Jank, and then we got Ricky Smiley. All right, we're in for a treat. Jank, thank you, brother, for all you do. I just want to say, man, thank you for the vision of TYT. Thank you for the advocacy, and thank you for the late, late nights that you've had to labor over this work, man. It has brought significant transformation, not only to America, but other places as well. Thank you. Thank you, Rashad, and, and I appreciate you just as much. Uh, congrats on the two year anniversary. It's a Unbelievable show. Uh, it is terrific, rising, and indisputable. Thank you, brother. All right. Top story of the day Atlanta, the city, went ahead and approved Cop City funding to a tune higher than they originally agreed. Community outraged, of course. Protesters were there until the wee hours of the morning trying to talk some sense. And to the members of council. We covered this extensively. So here's what I'm going to do. Remember the raid that took place of those who are on the board of directors for a bond nonprofit, a nonprofit that raised money to get folk out of jail? Well, they're going on record. Here it is. Marlon is with the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, one of the three people arrested on Wednesday. This was just days before this critical Atlanta City Council vote, where they voted to um, approve what's now more than double the amount originally proposed for this police facility. Marlon, if you can talk about, I mean, how unusual the level of force used was in this raid on the Atlanta um, fund, which not only has helped people who've been arrested around the cop city, but you do this around for many people who have been arrested. Absolutely. Um, yeah, in terms of the raid, um, it was terrifying, obviously. Um, <clears throat> and you have to forgive my voice. I'm still feeling the effects of uh, the better half of a week in the Cab County Jail. But um, you know, we woke up to the sound of our door being broken down by a battering ram and our house being surrounded by dozens of SWAT officers. Um, and my first reaction. Uh, was that this has to be a mistake. You know, naively, I thought this wasn't the kind of thing that could happen to organizers like us. Um, but once I saw the automatic weapons, the body armor, and I heard police discussing throwing a flashbang into our living room, I realized that these police had come prepared to kill us uh, in the same way that police have come prepared to kill activists um, protesting in the forest, and in fact did kill Manuel Tortuguita Tehran. Um, and you know, so we we quickly surrendered. We were arrested in our pajamas and taken to jail. Um, so the experience was terrifying on two different levels. In this immediate way of what it was like to face that kind of police violence um, for doing nothing more than you know nonviolent. Um, 
work to support the rights of protesters. Um, but also on this higher level of, of what it means, right? Um, because if this kind of police violence can be brought, even against organizers like us who, uh, you know, who do nothing more than make sure that activists have access to lawyers, who make sure that they're able to make bail if they can't afford it themselves. Last week when this happened, I clearly took a stand in defense of those board members. Not simply because of the narrative, but because I've worked with them. When Rayshard Brooks was killed in Atlanta, Georgia, it was the Atlanta Solidarity Fund that coordinated with myself, the NAACP and others to make sure that activists who were arrested for civil disobedience had access to not only bond money, but also attorneys. Virtually all of those charges were eventually dropped. So the punishment, the penalty would have been them staying in jail because they did not have bond money. I remember one incident where we're going to the jail, it's about two o'clock in the morning. We're going back and forth to the jail, trying to make sure people are able to get home. Some of them didn't even have transportation. I tried to slip one of the Atlanta Solidarity Fund people a $100 bill just to say thank you. They said, no, doc, that needs to go to the fund. So I knew it was BS when it happened, because these individuals are true believers. But think about how extreme this is. Now, Sunday, after this raid, after the arrest, on Sunday, I get alerted. There's a tape, Doc. There's a tape of officers telling the truth about what went down. Here's that tape. Anybody else think that that warrant that they served today and the arrest are just guaranteed shenanigans next Monday and Tuesday? Yep. Actually, maybe tomorrow. I think they're supposed to have their first appearance tomorrow. I'm here for all of it. Matter of fact, just do it all June, trying to get uh, get my backyard done. I mean, it could go the opposite way. I mean, we've been putting pressure on them and attacking them from all different angles. At some point, they, they've got to give up. I mean, especially if we're going after all the money, it, it could shut them down. Yeah, I'm just waiting. Like, couldn't they wait until like Wednesday of next week to do this? Is that when you're off? <laughs> no, that's when all this, the finance committee would have been done. Would have been done by Wednesday. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know, they had to send a message. I get it, but I mean, think about it. If if they had just defeated the thing in you know in council, which you know they're finally going to vote for the money and everything's going to go through, and then the coup de Gracie is oh right after you failed two days in a row, we serve a warrant on you. True, that's what they did the last go round. I guess they wanted to uh, you know go ahead and get it over with. I guess they thought it was going on the offensive. The police, no, the police are targeting protesters. The police said they need to give up. We've been pounding, it's been an aggressive attack. No, you all need to give up. Now, the judge who was responsible for setting the bond for the Solidarity Fund board members, Said in open court, I'm very unimpressed with your evidence. And even said 
he believes this could be a potential freedom of speech violation talking against the government. Put him up for a mask, right? My dear brother, Reverend James Woodall, good friend of mine, former president of the state NAACP for Georgia, is now with the Southern Center for Human Rights. He spoke at the city council meeting as well as Atlanta Solidarity Fund organizer Marlon Couts. That's who you just saw. One of the three people arrested in the SWAT raid. The charges are malicious political prosecutions with the intent to suppress a political movement, is what my brother said. This is something that we've seen before, and it requires a strength uncommon in order to fight them. Now, there are many leaders on Atlanta City Council. They are afraid of the police. Look at what they're willing to do. They're afraid of the GBI. Look at what they're willing to do. If you're scared, do not sign up to be a damn leader. The people you represent deserve more than your cowardice. Jank thoughts. Yeah, I'm amused by the right wing that thinks that the cops are targeting them now. No, this <laughs> is what cops targeting you right. looks like. Okay. That's right. And it's exactly what the left wing and African American groups have been dealing with for now, what, centuries? And so this is yet the latest example. We ask for reform, and what we get is extra funding for the police and extra SWAT teams invading the homes of people who are just looking to provide legal help, nonviolent help. Yep. And as your tapes show devastatingly, they knew it. Yep. They, they're clearly targeting them for their ideology and not because they're concerned about law enforcement. So that's as, as bad as it gets. It really is, you don't get, I had a judge call me Jane and said, and to say that is the scariest thing in the world right there. That conspiracy to come after individuals who simply are exercising their right. Interesting saga, CEO Chris Lee out of CNN, steps down from the company, put him up full mass. There's an interesting backstory here. CNN has released officially their CEO, leaving the network amid fallout from an apparent loss of confidence in his leadership. According to the narrative, this precedes the widely criticized CNN town hall that featured former President Donald Trump. A devastating 15,000 word profile published Friday details how staffers disagreed with the way he handled the town hall, prompting some to expose their true feelings. His future at CNN has been called into question ever since Tim Alberta released his profile on him for The Atlantic. The article portrayed the CEO as aloof, disengaged from CNN staff. His programming decisions were fiercely opposed by the network's talent. And subsequent reports have shown that CNN's top talent had lost faith in his efforts to take the network in a new direction. He spoke with staffers in an effort to mend bridges after the profile came out. Though questions about his longevity remained as CNN's Oliver Darcy reported that he already lost the room with the employee base. Uh, let's put up uh, Brian here, 
Uh, always good to see him. Former CNN media reporter Brian Stelter obtained all of the details from many of the staffers who opened up to him about their concerns. He worked at CNN for what, nine years? He tweeted, Alberta portrayed CEO as paranoid, self-absorbed, reluctant to admit mistakes. Trumpian is the phrase several staffers use with me. I'm so struck by how consumed he is by the coverage he gets and the respect his predecessor had. Just like Trump, one insider said. Stelta also said there is sympathy for him among CNN staffers, although they nonetheless feel like he's been carrying out someone else's orders. Uh, the extensive profile also revealed how they had henchmen demanded the CNN graphics department take down a reference to Trump being found liable for sexual assault, etc. These things are quite insane. Let's put up what Saladad said. And it reads, and I quote, and yet not a single one said anything on the record out loud using their name. They're shocked, they're shaken, but they are also cowards. Being honest about that, when their boss was supporting pure journalistic malpractice, what did they say out loud? The Trump town hall has drawn criticism in particular because CNN filled the studio audience with diehard MAGA fans. We covered that here, who cheered on the former president even when he mocked and demeaned the woman he was found liable for sexually abusing. Now, I had my opinion about it. My opinion is well noted. I thought the way they did it was horrible. Now, I'm a guy who's okay with opposite conversation, ideology, etc. But if I bring you to the platform, I'm bringing you here to deal with you. I'm not bringing you here so that I can celebrate you. I'm bringing you here to challenge you fiercely, to put you in a box, to make sure people know exactly who you are. That was not the sentiment of bringing the person they called the most lying president in the history of the presidency. The man talked about you, that's fine, you can be above that. But you talked about the man and you brought him on the platform as if you all were buddies, wrong move. Jank, what are your thoughts about this? And listen, we met the guy, you and I met the guy when we were in DC for the correspondence functions. Yeah, so we did and, he, and he's a nice guy in person, of course, almost everybody is. Yeah. And But I think, uh, so I think you're exactly right, Rashad, but a lot of people are missing the larger story here. They're focusing on the wrong question. They're asking, should they have been tougher on Trump? Or should they appease Trump to bring Republicans back in and be more neutral, right? Totally wrong question. No, you should be tough on Trump, not because he's Trump, but because he's a politician. And your job in the press is to That's challenge right. the powerful, challenge the government, challenge the politicians. But you shouldn't just be tough on Trump, you should be tough on everyone. But that's the thing, that's the core problem that CNN cannot solve by firing Chris Licht or Don that's Lemon. Right. And, and Don Lemon was among the toughest on, on politicians. And they said that's what was wrong with him. No, that's what was right with him, yep. okay? And so the, the way that you're supposed to conduct journalism is to be aggressive and bold and to care about your audience not access to the powerful and to politicians. So the correct answer is be tough on Trump and be tough on the Democrats across the board. Farewell, said.
Sad story, unfortunately, a familiar one. Here it is. The deadly mass shooting outside a high school graduation ceremony in Virginia. Two people were killed, five others shot, and at least a dozen injured. A suspect is in custody, and Faith Abube is in Richmond with the latest. Good morning, Faith. Good morning to you, Robin. Investigators are still trying to determine what led to this deadly mass shooting, but they describe the scene as absolute chaos, mayhem. Hundreds of people were inside this park celebrating, taking photographs. And then over here, other graduates and their loved ones were walking out of a graduation ceremony when suddenly gunshots rang out. This is the moment a barrage of gunfire pierced the celebration. Outside a high school graduation near the campus of Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond. Setting multiple units to the area, all traffic standby. Overnight, police confirming two people were killed. A family member telling ABC News they were father and son. 18 year old Sean Jackson and his father Renzo Smith there to celebrate his son crossing the stage with his diploma just minutes earlier. Jackson's younger sister, nine years old, was hit by a fleeing car and is recovering in a wheelchair. A graduation. You know, graduations are holidays, especially for black folk. I attended my daughter's graduation a few weeks ago. You know, I could not have imagined something like that happening on that day. You know, let's put it up for a mask. There's this sentiment from politicians that it is okay to violate rights when they are able to reach a particular outcome. I will give you an example. The mayor of New York has decided to bring back stop and frisk, wholly unconstitutional. But they believe the methodology would justify the outcome. They are incorrect. But when children get killed, don't talk about rights. Don't talk about gun reform, which is within the context of legality and rights. Don't you dare even bring it up. All of a sudden you politicize. You see, they're willing to hold on to their politics and their rights when it suits them. But change the narrative when it doesn't affect them, at least according to them. Put a picture for a mask again. Uh, the suspect is in custody, 19 year old, a Mary Ty John Pollard. In custody connected to the shooting, which unfolded in a park on Tuesday after a high school graduation ended in a nearby theater. Pollard watched the graduation ceremony, after which it appears he went to his car to get a handgun and then returned. Pollard then killed high school graduate Sean Jackson, 18, killed his father, Renzo Smith, 36. Pollard and Jackson knew each other, had an ongoing dispute, according to Richmond police. This was targeted at one individual, he said. But see, five people were shot. Five people were shot. They are going to survive. Four adults and a 14-year-old child. One victim, 31-year-old, is in the hospital. Life-threatening condition, while the other four suffered non-life-threatening condition. On non-life-threatening injuries. Several others suffered various injuries in connection to the shooting, such as Jackson's nine-year-old sister, who was hit by a car and hospitalized. 
non-life-threatening injuries. Two people were treated for falls and nine people were treated for anxiety and minor injuries at the scene. Pollard made his first appearance in court on Wednesday, where he was charged with two counts of second degree murder and held without bail. He's due back in court June 21. Uh, he will face uh, the music, he will face the judicial system. Um, but here we are again, you know, access matters. That's why we have things like locks on doors. If somebody wants to come and you know, rob your home, um, they can still kick it in, right? Does that mean you leave your door unlocked? Do you leave your door open? Do you make it easier for them? Of course not, because we understand that the barrier, the very barrier of a lock can alert you so that you know that there's danger inside of your home and that split second may make a difference in life or death. Barriers are important, but instead the right would tell you, oh, they wanna kill you, they'll kill you anyway. Oh, they, if they want to do it, they're going to do it anyway. Well, think about this. Think about 18 year olds who went out and bought a gun legally, shot somebody. What if they had to wait until they were 21? Do you think they're thinking the same way at 21 as they were at 18? Access matters. All right, Jank, thoughts here? Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, I'm not overly surprised, and that is very unfortunate. Uh, but these kind of shootings are coming to a neighborhood near you. Uh, I've been saying that for years now. Uh, and unfortunately, I've been proven correct over and over again. Now we have more than one mass shooting uh, per day now. We have more than uh, one gun per person in America. Well, that means over 300 million weapons. We're uh, awash in a sea, an ocean of weapons. Uh, does it make a difference? Of course it does. Uh, the more guns you have, the more gun homicides, the more gun suicides that you have per country. Uh, the amount of mass shootings we have is record breaking, unprecedented in world history. Uh, the OK Corral shootout only uh, got uh, two people killed. It would be uh, considered a minor event. It would not be reported in today's news. Right. Uh, the entire uh, country has become the wild, wild west. And 97% of Americans want universal background checks and we can't even get that. It is the bare, bare minimum. And it's because our politicians don't represent us at all. They represent gun manufacturers and any donor that'll buy them off. That's right. And that's why getting money out of politics basically resolves much of the issue you currently see. All right, Chris Christie announces he's running for president again. All righty. Uh, Let's go ahead and go to it. A lonely, self-consumed, self-serving mirror hog <laughs> is not a leader. Well, let me be clear in case I have not been already. <laughs> the person I am talking about who is obsessed with the mirror who never admits a mistake, who never admits a fault, and who always finds someone else and something else to blame for whatever goes wrong, but finds every reason to take credit for anything that goes right, is Donald Trump. And if we don't have that conversation with you, we don't deserve to ask for your vote. We don't deserve the mantle of leadership. We don't deserve 
to have you think of us as people worthy of leadership. Man, it sounds like he was being authentic. You know what's interesting? I literally just had this conversation right here on Indisputable with Christian Daytok, who is the White House correspondent for the Washington Examiner. And he said that he believed if Chris Christie or when Chris Christie says, yes, I'm running for president, that Chris Christie will be the first and only person to go directly after Trump. So I have to give credit to my dear brother, all right? You are correct, Daytok, he has done so. And I also said during that show, that person is probably going to be in a very interesting political situation. It may work out for him. Let's put up the picture full mass. Former New Jersey governor, Chris Christie, launched his second presidential campaign Tuesday, entering the growing Republican primary race as Donald Trump's main antagonist. Not main competition, at least not yet. Christie took aim at Trump throughout his remarks, calling him a bitter, angry man who wants power back for himself. He also called Trump a coward and a puppet of Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, now, how did Trump react? Interesting. So, Trump shared on social media a Make America Great Again response. To Christie's candidacy for uh, spokeswoman, all right, Caroline Levitt. Ron DeSantis' campaign is spiraling, and President Trump's dominance over the Republican primary field has opened a mad rush to seize the mantle for runner up. DeSantis is not ready for this moment, and Chris Christie will waste no time eating DeSantis for lunch. Uh, so, before I go to the next part of this saga that's connected but not connected, I want to get Jenks' opinion. Because these cats are talking big and bad now. Even Pence is saying a little something. But all of them co-signed on this foolishness. And all of them say that Trump was right when Trump was saying he was right. And all of them knew he was wrong. So now they're saying, oh, he's a horrible person. Agreeing with progressives, by the way. Sounding like a progressive right now. But telling progressives they were wrong about Trump during his entire presidency. Well, what's the dangerous part? The President Trump is the dangerous part. When he was dangerous, you were scared of him and progressives had to be your voice. But as soon as he has no actual power, you start sounding like us. Forgive me if I don't give the brother a hero cookie. Yeah, so first, I, I got no interest in Chris Christie overall, right? So uh, one, you're absolutely right. And we used to do these videos uh, uh, on the Young Turks Back then, where John would actually like stand behind me as if he was Chris Christie, John Idarola <laughs> would from Damage Report, and he'd be like, <laughs> and because that's who Chris Christie was. He was the statue behind Donald Trump. He oh. was one of the first to back Donald Trump. Uh, he helped Trump uh, maybe more than any other uh, candidate. Uh, he eliminated Marco Rubio as competition, etc. So he's absolutely positively guilty on that. He's also an establishment Republican. And so he'll do exactly what the corporate donors want, etc. Now, having said all of that, Rashad, I might surprise you by saying this is the one guy that is not useless in the Republican primary. So Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, etc. They have no chance whatsoever. And even though Chris Christie's polling at around the same place they are, which is near zero percent, I actually think he has just as good a chance as Ron DeSantis of winning. And there's one reason why, because he's the one guy in the race who's fearless. And if you're going to beat Trump, you need that. You, it's an absolute necessity. So at least he's got a fighter's chance.
Yeah, the tribalism of the Republican Party requires that you come after the guy who's currently the tribe leader. And the unwillingness to do so indicates your unreadiness to lead. All right, so let's go to an interesting saga connected to this story. Stephen A. Smith, well, looks like he's supporting Christie. But my staff tells me you're friends with Chris Christie. You know, you don't want him for president, do you? I'd rather have him for president than Donald Trump. I'll be the first to admit that. I understand that he's got a, a gladiatorial attitude and he's ready for, to, combat, to combat. We know what he did to Marco Rubio in 2016 during the primaries and all of that stuff. We get all of that. I think that he's a guy that is not walking around and preaching about, you know, uh, uh, rigged elections and all of this other stuff. He's about moving the country forward. I don't know whether he'll win or not. I know it's a long shot. I understand that Donald Trump's got him beat by a mile at this particular moment in time. But in the same breath, I don't think he's going to be pushed around by the former president. And I think that Chris Christie knows what he's talking about. He's highly intelligent. Hey, he's Stephen highly a, accomplished. Guy, now, whether so or not that's going to win him, I don't know. When you look at him, and I, I think that, you know, he's competent and more importantly, he's going to be talking about issues as opposed to having us distracted with a whole bunch of nonsense that we don't need to be distracted with as a country. That's all I'm saying. Now, whether he wins, and I know it's a long shot. I know it's a very long shot, but I tell you this much, I'd vote for him before I'd vote for any of the Democratic candidates that I've seen, but that's not the same when it comes to DeSantis or Trump. But when it comes to him, I know that's what position I take. I'm a registered independent. Whoa. All right, Stephen A. Smith taking some shots because of his comments. Um, I understood his commentary, especially about the Democratic Party. Just keep it at 100. Definitely understood. And if Chris Christie strikes some of that, uh, there could be some trouble. So, Jank, what are your thoughts about Christie's statement in reference to, I mean, Steve, Stephen A. Smith's statement in reference to Christie and basically in reference to the Democratic field? Yeah, well, Democratic field is miserable, so he's right about that. But overall, Stephen A. Smith is appears to be um, exactly what you'd expect, which is a moderate Republican. So on <laughs> social issues, uh, he doesn't want to be discriminated against. That makes sense, right? But when it comes to economic issues, he likes those tax cuts for the rich, because I got news for you, he rich. Yeah. Okay. So, so Chris Christie's. That's why the establishment loves him, because they know he's going to get deliver for the rich. He's going to deliver for the donors, uh, and he's willing to take on Trump. And and so if they and he's not as odious as DeSantis is on the social issues. So for a moderate Republican like Stephen A. Smith, that's kind of a perfect candidate to be honest. Yeah. All right. We shall see. Okay, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. No way. Get the out of my town. Get the out of my town. Use my name again. You'll end up in a grave. Use my name again. You'll end up in a grave. You and all your friends. Just told you what I just said. Say it again. Turn around. Say it again. I ain't saying sh. You're gonna call me the N word? I just called you the N word. Why? Because you act like one. You called him names. I'm gonna call Popo. Yes, do please, it, do. please do. It's probably your dad. You're gonna fake, fake phone call. After you call me the N-word, you're going to make a fake phone you're call. You're literally in settings. Yes, I have my phone in my hand. I don't want anything to you. Don't step on my foot. I'm sorry. That's assault.
and that's assault. <laughs> for calling me the n-word. That's assault. I'm a what? You're a nice guy. The Karenicity in this one runs deep. Let's put up his picture full mask. Sir, honestly, you're lucky you didn't get your ass kicked. Now, this guy absolutely was being racist by calling individuals racial slurs. But even more than that, if you look at the beginning again of the video, he is threatening to kill them, saying that they will end up in graves. Do you know who I am? Well, sir, I don't know who you are, but I believe somebody does. So I'm asking if anyone knows the gentleman, if you could please alert me to it. I would like to give him a call, invite him to the bullpen. I don't know, give him an opportunity to explain himself. Uh, this is the kind of insanity that we talk about uh, throughout the country happening. People that have a particular privilege believing that they can treat anyone as they choose while saying that somehow they are wrong, while they are committing wrong in front of everybody. Not seeing yourself, not being self-analytical, self-aware, because you're self-absorbed. One of the key traits of Karenicity. All right, Jank thoughts. Yeah, so this is as bad as it gets. I mean, he clearly said the N-word and he didn't say the N-word, he said the actual word. <laughs> right. <laughs> and. Right. Uh, and it, along with threatening to kill him, so I, it's hard to imagine it getting worse. I hope that there is legal action uh, taken against this guy. He seemed to be very confident that he could kill someone and get away with it. Yeah. So uh, identifying him is an um, extra concern uh, yeah. given what happened there. But I wanna add one thing that's really important, Rashad. I was in a debate last night and one of the things that I uh, said was, look, you know, when uh, black folks have been saying in this country for now centuries, um, uh, people are abusing us and they're discriminating and and there's when you're not looking there's they're do, saying and doing terrible things to us right and and for now hundreds of years white Americans have said we don't believe you we don't believe any of you right so I think the fact that these videos now exist because of the smartphones is a giant difference maker I understand that some folks you're never going to change their minds right? But a lot of people in the middle look at this and go, wow, I did not know. So that happens in Massachusetts all the time. Yep. And we just happen to catch a small piece of it coincidentally here. But Jesus, how often is that happening? But maybe, just maybe, you should believe black folks when they tell you something. Yeah, um, you should tell that to Tim Scott. All right, Jank, it's been a pleasure, dear brother. Round one with you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on Indisputable. I appreciate your shot, it's a fantastic show and I love that you're on our network. Thank you, man, I love being here. All right, we got Ricky Smiley coming up next, stick and stay. Welcome back, a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments to your anniversary because of you, you and you, all right? We appreciate the support, we appreciate the love. Um, a little pressed on time, so I can't read everyone's comment, but I will read as many as I possibly can. Okay. I am Sock says, cops in the city council are going to freak out when they hear the term TYT Army. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Mega City Silverhead Dragon, the hateful racists wouldn't have the balls to come on the bullpen 
you know, maybe one day we'll catch one. Yeah. Feel wise enough right, to come on the bullpen uh, after extreme racism. Okay, and uh, thank you to Tyler Hagner, gifted an indisputable membership. Uh, Gaby Mathis, member of 12 months, thank you for that. Congratulations to the doc, and I am TYT, there you go. Uh, snack underscore Panther, thank you for this. Happy anniversary, Doc, much love and more success, appreciate you. Uh, Donald James, ex member of 12 months, thank you. Happy two year anniversary, my man, and many and many others. Um, we're here since, here since the beginning, congratulations, thank you for that. Lindsay Robb, thank you, Lindsay. Happy birthday, Indisputable and Doc, we love you, I love you back. Uh, Rylan in, welcome to Indisputable, thank you for becoming a member. Uh, me 2022. Member for 12 months, the first African American chairman, that's correct. The first African American chairman of the GCIV and second year anniversary of Indisputable. Congrats, Doc. Thank you for all you do. Uh, what she's talking about is that I was recently elected chairman of the Georgia Council of International Visitors. That is a US Department of State program uh, where we work with nations across the planet to ensure cross cultural connections. I'm the first African American to be elected chair. Very thankful for it. We got the big homie, Ricky Smiley. Ricky, around. Hey. Thank you, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Blessed, man. Thank you for the opportunity. Man, thank you for your friendship, your advocacy, and the laughs that you bring to the world. Yes, okay, sir. well, we got some more coming now. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. That's it, love. Just this massive space here. But you're just still clocking on down the road, aren't you? Move! 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 What? Why don't you move? I've got you on camera. You are gone. Go on. I've got you on. Camera? I have not tried to run you over. You stopped hitting my car. Look what you've done. I'm calling the police on you, you horrible. Go on. I'll tell the For what? You walk down here. I'm trying to get past. There's loads of space for you to walk there. You just smacked my car. I couldn't care less. Move out the way. You've just assaulted me, you. I'm calling the police. You know, when I first saw this, I, I said, is this real? You know, <laughs> our, friend, our friends on the other side of the pond, they have a great sense of humor, right? Mara looked at it, let's put it up for a mask. Now, Ricky, the yeah. way she is um, swinging the, the walker there, right? This is a skilled individual. And I think uh, maybe she has had to um, do this before. But what's your rating? Is this authentic or not? Yeah, I, I think it's real. And uh, the way she was slinging that crutch, she gonna mess up her disability. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, she gonna mess up her disability. And if I was the judge, I would take those crutches for two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks without the crutches, you got yeah. to figure it out because you can't use those crutches to put scratches on anybody's car, it's especially, right. yeah, yeah, especially if, uh, uh. <laughs> this was this was interesting. So, you know, things like this happen, right? Where somebody is in front of you, you have to wait for them. Of course, of course, if it is an elderly person, there's a patience that comes yeah. inside of your heart. 
right? right. Uh, I think he needs some of that right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have an update of a story that we covered yesterday. Black woman, a mother, shot and killed by her white neighbor. The police said clearly there was a conflict between the two. And the white neighbor did in fact have an issue with the child. However, white neighbor not arrested. That has now changed. Let's go to it. Okay, this is called the perk walk right here. This is the individual who shot a mother who simply knocked on her door. That is it. Mother dead. The child was operating in good faith, told the mother what happened to her when a conflict between the child and an adult took place. The child says, Mom, this is what happened. Mom goes knock on the door to talk to her. She gets shot through the door, dead, not even arrested until the coverage of the story. Let's put it up. You see the one with that beautiful smile? Well, she's the one no longer here. Following widespread anger and protest, the identity of the white neighbor who shot and killed 35 year old mother of AJ Owens has been revealed. And according to authorities, she was arrested on Tuesday. The Marion County Sheriff's Office says Susan Lorenz, 58, has been charged with manslaughter with a firearm culpable negligence, battery, and two counts of assault. Keep the picture up. I have major problems. Yeah, me too. With these charges, right, major problems with these charges. Let me give you the rest. Um, Owens, a 35-year-old mother of four, was killed Friday night in a shooting. Sheriff Billy Wood said was the combination of two and a half years of feuding between the neighbors. They lived in the rolling hills south of Ocola, a North Florida city that's near the heart of the state's horse country. Put up the sheriff, Billy Woods. In a Facebook video post late Tuesday, the sheriff said, this was not a stand your ground case, but simply a killing. (laughs) That's what he said, okay? He continues. Now, many of you were struggling to understand why there was not an immediate arrest. The laws here in the state of Florida are clear. Now, I may not like them, I may not agree with them, but however, those laws I will follow. Let me give you some background. According to the sheriff's office, evidence showed that over time, Lorenz had become angry over Owen's children playing in a field close to her apartment. On Friday night, the office said the killer got into an argument with the children and was overheard yelling at them by a neighbor. During the argument, the office continued. The killer threw a roller skate at Owen's 10 year old son and hit him in the toe. That is child abuse. You can't arrest him for child abuse. The boy and his 12 year old brother then went to speak to Lorenz and she opened a door 
swung at them with an umbrella. They told their mother what happened. And Owens approached the killer's home, knocked on the door multiple times, demanded that she come outside. She then decided to fire one shot through the door, striking Owens in her upper chest. At the same time, she was shot. Owens' 10 year old son was standing right beside her, according to the sheriff's office. Now, the sheriff is citing um, a law that basically provides an emphasis on the other party. So, the timing of this does not dictate the timing of this is incorrect from the sheriff. Sheriff, I appreciate your words, sir, but you're wrong. You could have arrested that day, it allows it. You simply would have had to investigate thoroughly, but you could have arrested that day and you should have arrested that day, it's a murder. I promise you, if someone you think is a gangster kills somebody in your community, you will not wait days later to arrest them and then tell the community you were elected to protect, I'm just following the law. So now we have a murder, but it's not being called a murder. Right. It's not being called a murder. This is why I call BS on what the sheriff is saying. Uh, manslaughter is a permeation of murder, but it is a derivative. It is not murder. This woman was murdered in front of her child. So here we go, uh, Ricky. Uh, in order to get an arrest for a murder that's done in front of witnesses and in front of a child with an unarmed to an unarmed individual, it takes a national movement, reporting, advocacy, and then when you get the charge, you don't even get the charge that should apply. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's second degree murder. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know, and the, the feud had been going on, uh, child endangerment. Uh, I think if it was the other way around. Uh, uh, she would have got arrested that night. Yeah. And uh, and what I'm afraid of, we're looking at another Trayvon Martin situation. I'm sure by the time they make it to Fox News, they'll have $2 million in her bank account mm. within the next three days. Because they're going to find some kind of way to, to, to justify what she did uh, uh, to that woman. But uh, what's going in our favor, Dr. Richie, is the, the witnesses. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and I think that played a major part in the uh, arrest or whatever. But it even shouldn't have, uh, it should not have had to take that because if the door is closed, right. how is your life in jeopardy if the door closed? Why didn't you call the police? Right, right. And even when the sheriff first gave the statement, it said in the statement that this woman, the killer, had done these things to this child. She was free at the time. You literally admitted, Sheriff, in the report. That at least the woman committed child abuse. You all still did not lock her up, even for that. So miss me with this. We'll stay on top of it, bring you updates as they come. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. We'll read as many as I can. Um, dirty apostate. British rage hits different. It does, doesn't it? It really does. Okay. YouTube. Mary C, the purple dragon queen. She should be charged with murder. Point blank, period. Exactly. 
um, the Jack. How nice of PD to wait for the murderous Karen to get her affairs in order before the arrest. Yeah. Jamal G, thank you for that, Jamal. Uh, there was no manslaughter, that was murder. Exactly. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. Uh, this is why I love your show, Dr. Richie. If it wasn't for your coverage on the story, this racist neighbor would have gotten away with murder. But thankful to be part of the process required to bring transparency to matters like that. Uh, Mina, thank you, Mina. I live in Florida. A man was just shot and killed in my city. Stand your ground hasn't been established, but the murderer is free. Florida lets you murder. Twitch. Owen the Schmoopy Dragon, he could have offered her a ride down the hill. That may have been a great solution for them both, actually. You see, that's thinking outside of the box. All right, um, very sad story. Black teen shot and killed by an ex-cop because he was going to see the ex-cop's daughter. Put up the picture, 15 years of age. Cornelius McGee, they called him CJ. CJ was shot to death by former Clarksdale, Mississippi police officer after visiting the cop's daughter. Cornelius was killed near the 1200 block of West 2nd Street at 4.30 PM on May 22nd in Clarksdale after he ran out of the home of a former Clarksdale officer Andrew Bankhead, that's according to WREG. CJ was reportedly dating the former cop's daughter and fled when the former cop returned home and became angry upon seeing him. The teen's mother, Jacqueline Rash, is demanding answers. Rash told Action 5 News that she'd received almost no information from the police and was told by eyewitnesses what happened to her son. I hear four shots when I just made it home from work. I think thinking he was here at the house, recalled Rash. She went on to say that she had begun to go toward the scene when she received a text from one of CJ's friends who lived next door to Officer Bankhead, telling her that her son was lying in the backyard dead. When she arrived, the police would not let her see her son. The mother said that the neighbor told her Bankhead shot her son twice after he fled the home. Now the little boy that stayed at the house, he said the man, my baby over there with a little girl, the man chased him. He said a man shot my son in his leg as he was going over the fence. And then shot my son again in his back. Why did my baby get shot in the back if he was already out of your yard? He wasn't no threat, why shoot him? The mother said she was told her son was dating Bankhead's daughter. And she let him inside the house, meaning there's no criminal trespass at play. She believed that her son was murdered for dating the daughter and nothing else. No arrests have been made, ladies and gentlemen. Child is dead, bullets in the back, not on the property, no arrests made. And Bankhead's first cousin, Julius Voss, told WREG News 
that Officer Bankhead claimed CJ broke into his home and he had to shoot him in self-defense. He had been involved in a shooting, she said, that someone had broken into his house and he defended himself. The Mississippi Bureau of Investigation has reportedly taken over the investigation, but Bankhead has yet to be charged with the crime. Now, I'm going to say this clearly. I have no confirmed picture of this cop. I don't know what race he is. I don't give a damn. His ass needs to go to jail now. Those in Mississippi, I know a lot of you, many of you are absolutely remarkable people. It's time for leadership to rise up, do exactly what you need to do. Make sure this story does not leave your headlines in the local media, your state media, until there is an arrest. There's a 15 year old child that's dead. He's dead. Facts have been established to a degree that warrants, that justifies an arrest of the man who did it. Now, I understand Mississippi politics are a little different at times. This is a 15 year old child. If you call yourself a leader in Mississippi, I don't care if you're part of a civil rights organization or advocacy group of another brand. If you call yourself a leader in Mississippi, you don't stand up for a baby that's been shot in the back. You are nothing but a feckless coward. Now you don't say anything when they're knocking on the neighbor's door. There won't be neighbors to help you when they're knocking on yours. This is more than reckless. All right, Ricky, once again, no charges. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the whole blue shield thing. Uh, it's so sad, uh, and you're absolutely right. No matter what color that cop is. Uh, he need to go to jail. This kid is on the fence. All of us have been teenagers. All of us have yeah. uh, went over a girl house and the mom and dad pull up. You're running out of the front door, back door. It just d- does not justify. Why don't you put your daughter on punishment or change the locks or take your daughter with you or, or whatever, but to shoot someone else's child um, while he's climbing the fence trying to run away or uh, get the child's information and go over there and have a conversation with yeah. the parents. As opposed to pulling, you can't think of nothing else to do other than pull a gun. You could have went over there and talked to the child's uh, mother and father and have a conversation with them and schedule some visits, some couch, some sofa sitting like we had to do when we were 16. But to take a gun out and shoot somebody, uh, uh, somebody's child like that, you are absolutely crazy. You should be locked up. And I'm sure uh, that, that that my frat brother, uh, Daryl Johnson, president of the NAACP, mm-hmm and everybody that's in Mississippi. And we're gonna be talking about it tomorrow morning uh, on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, cause this is good. absolutely appalling. Good, good, thank you. And, and I will say this, uh, if the ex-cop is willing to do, do this to a child being an ex-cop, imagine what right. this man did while he was a cop. Right. This is what we're dealing with. All right, we'll stay on top of it. A bear, a bear. Well, the bear likes cupcakes, stole 60 of them from a Connecticut bakery. Here it is.
got him. All right, let's put up the uh, screenshots of the surveillance video. In Avon, Connecticut, taste by spellbound bakers were loading cupcakes into a van to make deliveries. They were surprised by a bear Wednesday morning. Employees walked around the side to try to scare the bear, but it scared them and retreated into the garage. It then grabbed a container out of the van, dragged it into the back parking lot where it helped itself to about 60 cupcakes. Police checked the area to make sure the bear had retreated into the woods. And the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection arrived to bait the bear trap with sweets. The business is now more alert about bears eating their cupcakes. Um, I mean, you know, the, the man wanted some cupcakes, all right? Okay, Sherry? Well, I'm embarrassed to say it, Dr. Ritchie, but I'm on the prowl too. But <laughs> the only difference between me and the bear looking for cupcakes is I usually do my prowling a little after midnight. Yeah. Okay, look, sugar fiend is a sugar fiend. What do yeah. you want this four-legged sugar fiend to do? Give up you the know. cupcakes. You know, I, I got to say, it looks like that bear was familiar with the process. I'm That's just saying, right. it was in and out, all right? Gluten-free, it doesn't matter. That's right, there you go, <laughs> all right. Um, hell of a story, a woman involved in the Usain Bolt uh, saga says, you know, the fraud, her boss actually put her up to it, made her take the fall. So let's put up the pictures for a mask. Um, Usain Bolt, at one point, one of the fastest, not one of, he was the fastest man on the planet Earth. Jean Ann Penton was arrested for stealing millions from Usain Bolt. While she originally confessed to stealing those millions. She said that the scam was actually because of her former boss and company founder. And she promised to take the fall because he offered her something. Let's get into it. Ms. Panton and nine others are being sued by Gene Ford, an 80 year old investor who alleges that Stocks and Securities Limited stole 830,000 out of her portfolio. However, this complaint is one of a much larger web of deceit costing hundreds of people much or all of their retirement savings, including Olympic athlete Usain Bolt. The track star's manager, Nugent Walker, noticed his account with the private invest investment firm was fleeced for millions. Bolt acted against SSL after his fortune dwindled down to $12,000. January 16th, his lawyers made a clear ultimatum in a, in a letter sent to SSL to return every penny of the 12 million 758,181 dollars and 74 cents. The reported balance of Bolt's account on October 31st, 2022. Or they would file a civil and criminal complaint against the firm. The eight time Olympic gold medalist called the ordeal a sad situation that has left him disappointed and confused. In addition, Bolt had this to say. It has definitely put a damper on me 
This was for my future. Everybody knows I have three kids. I'm still looking after my parents and I still want to live very well. Ms. Panton is the first and only person named in a lawsuit that has signed a confession statement. On January 7th, she said in her statement that she knowingly stole the money. Over the course of several years, at the top of the year, the former client relation manager also said she used various mechanisms to take money from clients and created false statements to provide to the clients reflecting what they should have in statements to provide to the clients this account information and not the actual sum. Obviously, that is a felony, if true. Put up the picture of this guy. She says she was persuaded to confess by her old boss, Hugh Croscari. That's according to the Jamaican Gleaner. In the document filed in the Supreme Court in Kingston on May 25th, she explained how that fellow, third defendant in the case, made her certain promises if she confessed. Through his lawyers, he denies bartering with anyone and said he was unaware of any fraud at the firm when he resigned five years ago. What a saga. We will not be able to solve this case here. But whole lot of dirty folk, obviously, whole lot of money. But to go from $12 million to $12,000, when you provided opportunity for them to simply do the right thing multiple times, to learn that you have pennies compared to what you invested. Ricky, I get what the brother's saying, man. Like this would be more than disappointing because you put your money in those financial instruments in order to protect them, not really for yourself only, but for your family. Protect it for your family. So we tell people to do this, you get get a lot of money, make sure you put it in these vehicles so that this money can work for you and your family. He does it and look what happens, thoughts. Yeah, I've been in the business 33 years. I've had the same thing happen to me. Uh, slick, jivey, fast-talking mm. individual. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in this fraternity. I'm in that sorority. Uh, you know, I got my own this and and that, and all the familiarity of the conversations to get you excited that these people are going to do the right thing for you, only for them uh, to rip you off. And when I and I tell you, uh, you and I had this conversation. Yep, I was thinking about ago, it. We sure did. I, I put you on to somebody that's going to protect you and make sure yep. that you have money and get in the right investments. Man, anything that sounds good, if they can't tell you, here's the lesson. If they can't tell you the bad, if they can't tell you what can go wrong, that is a red flag. Anybody that have an explanation and an answer for every single thing when it comes to dollar and cents and money, and they make everything sound good, and they got a big smile and all of their teeth are straight, <laughs> they got a perfect smile, got got or whatever. Don't trust them. Don't trust. You're them. talking wisdom, man. That, that's that. the part. No, no, Absolutely. Ricky. You're talking wisdom because the the ones that are the charlatan, they're oh, going yeah. to make it seem like everything is going to work. There are no risk. It's not as no such thing as no risk in investment. It just it doesn't happen that way. 
Yeah, they call you a lot. They hunt, they hunt you down. They call you a lot. And, and, and they just, they, they will wear you down until you just like, okay. Because as artists and athletes, we just want to shoot ball, do comedy, rap, sing, uh, or whatever it is. Because we are not financial experts, right? We're artists. So yeah. we have to go over here to perform. We can't perform and do math. Eventually, you have to learn uh, and get a little bit smarter with finances uh, once you're in the industry. But anybody on this earth that make anything sound great, don't trust it. Yeah. All right. Wise advice. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always a joy, always a pleasure. Okay, a 10 year old driving a vehicle, okay? Go to a full mass. We see a 10 year old, that's a 10 year old. Now, the 10 year old is swerving, still driving better than 50% of people in Atlanta. <laughs> okay, 10 years of age, police behind her. Now, what is he doing here? He's pulling over because he was taught this is what you do. Uh, actually, the vehicle had to end up being turned off by a special device. We'll talk about it. Um, the 10 year old is safe, uh, was not injured. Uh, let's put up the pictures full mask, uh, really interesting story. A 10 year old was arrested, uh, they locked him up for this, okay? Last week after stealing a car and then fleeing from police on the interstate, dashcam video captured the vehicle slowly veer to the right before coming to a stop and crashing into the guardrail. It was actually disabled by OnStar. The Michigan State Police, they were able to do this through the service, the connected service plan, they call it reporting a stolen vehicle southbound I on I-75. Um, the uh, simultaneously, several people called 911 after seeing a child driving. All right, so they, they see this on the highway. They called 911 and said, Listen, there's a baby driving a, a car. Stolen 2017 Buick Encore on the interstate. Once MSP troopers located the vehicle, they attempted to stop it uh, near Birch Run exit, but the 10 year old did not stop. MSP said the trooper was behind the suspect for about a mile with lights and sirens activated while OnStar disabled the Buick allowing for a safe, a safe stop, MSP said. MSP said the car was stolen from a residence on Hess Avenue in Buena Vista. After the vehicle was safely halted, police said the child then exited the vehicle, ran from the police before being arrested nearby. The 10 year old was uh, lodged uh, at the County Juvenile Detention Center. Thankfully, nobody was injured in this incident. And I would say this: ten years old. That's that's too young to put a person uh, to put a child inside of uh, inside of jail. All right, that's just why I'm mad on it. And there are some states now that will uh, that will absolutely not do that, but provide other opportunities at remedy. You got to understand, ten years old, um, the formation of what we call mens rea, meaning the intent to commit a criminal act, understanding all of the nuances of what you're doing, not available, not available to a 10 year old child. And so that's the reason that many states and also courts have decided to say 10 years old, that's too young. All right, Ricky, thoughts here? Yeah, um, I just wanna say, I'm finally glad that 
and you know, somebody spotted, you know, the child driving the car because 40% of my friends are little people and they get Ladero. <laughs> 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 I should have brought no down there for this one. They get the police ca- called on them all the time. So I okay. started a support group. Oh, and, uh, and it's called supportjuicy.com. <laughs> so make, make sure. Uh, by the way, Juicy has an album uh, coming out called oh. Keep Me Up So I Can See Jesus. But listen, make sure. <laughs> I, I, I think you actually tell the truth. <laughs> That's what makes it hilarious because you probably tell me the truth. All right. Okay. We got something for you. Um, <laughs> what in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. So I'm here to tell you that an angel came to our house and told us that the death angel is visiting the Capitol in the month of May. Later. Today's June 1st. So quite obviously, the death angel did not visit the Capitol in the month of May, period. It did not. Uh, We did say we didn't know what year it was. So (sighs) we are super frustrated. We really, really, really were praying that it was going to be this May. Right. It was like, uh, I mean, we really wanted it to be this May. I think you really wanted it to be this May because our country is in such a bad situation that it just felt like the death angel needed to come this May. But he didn't. Um, I have seen a couple of things that have made me wonder if he's still coming soon as far as on the, the, you know, the Hebrew calendar is not the same as the the Gregorian calendar. And so it still is possible that it's within this month, which is still has like a couple of weeks left in the Hebrew month. So it's possible that it's still going to be coming in the next couple of weeks. So anyway, we're praying, we're praying that it's still going to come. We're praying that it's soon. We're sad that it didn't already happen. Uh, you the devil, madam. You do realize who the death angel is. You're praying for the devil, for Satan to come to the White House and you're really disappointed that the death angel did not make an appearance. Put up the picture full of masks. It's really interesting, this uh, saga. Uh, she's Rachel Ham. Um, 2022, she decided to run for Secretary of State uh, in California because she claimed that Jesus himself appeared in the closet, uh, told her to do so, so she knew she was gonna win. Uh, once again, she was talking to the devil, obviously, uh, she did not win. And here's what the Bible says, madam, so that you and um, your, I guess your son, I, I feel very, very sad for him. Uh, Deuteronomy 18.22 says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word that they speak does not come to pass, it means that the Lord did not speak to them. That's Deuteronomy 18.22, that's in the Bible that you use for your ridiculous segments. Uh, this woman, Ricky, was disappointed that the death angel, Satan, did not come to the White House in the month of May. She continues to pray that it does. How in the hell did this happen, brother? Yeah, that's crazy. You better be uh, careful and mindful uh, as to who you wish death on. 
Yeah. Because uh, it could definitely stop at your front door and it could uh, happen to you or yours. So, you, you know, and just to think like that, that uh, uh, just because you disagree with someone on politics that you wish death on. And then to say that you saw Jesus and and then why would the angel tell you that something <laughs> happened, happened, happened to somebody? I mean, right. I live right. I, I help people and do community service. The angel ain't came down and talked to me and told me anything or uh, whatever, you know. But why would the devil come and, t- and prophesy to you that uh, someone is, is, is going to die? And uh, of course, you know, she's talking about the president of the United States. Yeah. And just to show that, uh, that, uh, that, you know, people like that ain't no different from jihadists. Yeah, you understand? Come on, brother. They, they, exactly. They, they death, death and destruction and, and 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 all of that stuff and doing it in the name of religion and stuff like that. That's the that's the mindset that they have. Yep. Uh, a lot of them have. And uh that's sad that we have this going on in our country. And they now they they have a platform uh to have these kind of conversations, which is dangerous, Dr. Richie. Fair dangerous. Uh big ups to the group Right Wing Watch. They actually help us expose these things. And so very thankful for their continued operation to do so. These folks are dangerous. Ricky, it is an honor, dear brother, having you on my second anniversary celebration show. Tell people how they can follow you, continue to check out your great content, great morning show, and your great, great comedy. Uh, You can follow me at Ricky Smiley Official. Uh, If you wanna go to my personal Instagram page, that's RS Comedy. That's RS Comedy on Instagram, man. And thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Congratulations on everything. Thank Keep you. doing what you're doing, man. And uh, and thank you for allowing me to grace your presence. I appreciate you. Fearless Mutual, my friend. All yes, right. Sir. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop, and you won't stop either.